Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving it that second chance might just change your mind. Here, we take that second chance for you, and let you know the show's worth more than just one shot. I'm Justice. Alongside me is my co-pilot, Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be The Guardians of Justice. You have guardians? Yeah, I do. When were you going to tell me? Okay, so it's just small security for my chain of outlet stores, really. You have a chain of outlet stores? Are we selling Copilot's re- review? No. It's like jeans, but I like to ba- bedazzle them. I like seeing my name in tiny little shiny rhinestones. Oh. Oh, the guardians of those justice. Yeah. I understand now. Yeah. We also hire out the Guardians of Justice to EDM duos. Just a singular EDM duo, if we're being honest. No, other EDM duos are available to license the Guardians of Justice out, but they do have to be named Justice. I'm not preventing that. That is copyright and legal status preventing that, not me. So, the Guardians of Justice is a 2022 Netflix original? Yeah. Starring Diamond Dallas Page? He was a wrestler. He wasn't just a wrestler, he was one of WCW's top faces. He, He pioneered the Diamond Cutter, which is just... A cutter. Oh. Yeah. But he did bequeath the diamond cutter to QT Marshall. Now QT Marshall uses the diamond cutter, which is just a cutter. Yeah. Huh. Wrestling. Whoever would have guessed. Did you know the cutter is the same move as the RKO? For anybody not aware of that, when when I say the diamond cutter, what I'm really saying is Randy Orton stole his finisher from a WCW legend. Yeah, that, that tracks. That's wrestling for you. There's so many cutters in wrestling. There's the Sammy Cutter... The Oz Cutter, the Diamond Cutter, the RKO, the Cody Cutter. Anyways, though, it is a Netflix original from 2022 starring Diamond Dallas Page. And it is... So we've all seen them. We know they exist. They've been around forever. It is a superhero satire. And like most superhero satires, it is mainly built as if it is a Justice League of sorts. It's kind of like Invincible. If Invincible didn't kill off the Justice League in the first episode. Yeah. Also, there is the sit-out cutter, which is better known as a stunner. You would know that from Stone Cold. But yeah, so it's a satirization of comics. Yeah. Superhero comics. With a large proponent of it being DC's Justice League. Yeah. Um, this isn't that uncommon. Like, especially now that superhero media has, like, saturated the, the pop culture market. Oh, yeah. Satirizations are becoming more and more and more and more and more and more and more common. Yeah. Amazon released two in the same year. Honestly, um, the first satirization... I can think of that I, I like actively remember is the fucking um Super Friends knockoff parody in Dexter's Lab. Yes, I was thinking like you said that in my brain. I was like, oh yeah, that's the thing. You're like the first superhero her- satirization that I can think of. I was like the superhero movie where yeah, Drake, Drake, Drake Bell. Bell. Yeah, there's that. But the first time I can recall ever seeing it was in Dexter's Lab. Yeah, um, that's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, no, it's fucking great. Those three, they're amazing. Anyways, though, so. This is Guardians of Justice. None of that stuff. Episode 1 is entitled, Chapter 1. It was murder, she said. Yes, and it starts with a voiceover from Nighthawk. Our main character, played by Diamond Dallas Page. Famous for the diamond cutter. Yes, and also and also our Batman stand-in. Also famous for DDP Yoga, which is a magic that allows people to go from being half-dead 60-year-olds... To starring in a Netflix original show and having the best AEW wrestling run of their life. So from half-dead 60-year-olds to quarter-dead 60-year-olds. Okay, but we start with a voiceover from Nighthawk. And he's kind of just explaining the world setting to us. And he's talking about how, how much the world has changed since 40 years ago. And we cut all the way back to 1947. So the present day time for the majority of our show is going to be 1987. This makes me wonder if this is based off another source material. If, like, Guardians of Justice is, like, its own comic book series. I looked, and I could find nothing. Oh, interesting. I think it's just because it's kind of parodying almost that era of comics. Because we're not parodying any of the dark, gritty, like, 90s stuff. But we are parodying, like, late-form 80s comics, for the most part. I legitimately thought this might have, like, a source material. Like, a comic book or something it was based off of. Oh, honestly, I looked, I couldn't find anything. I looked strictly because something about Nightman's design reminded me of... Nighthawk. This is a nightman. Sorry, sorry. Something about Nighthawk's design just made me think of um, science 
Gutterman science team, whatever it is. Yeah, we're the bird boys. They're not all boys. <laughs> it's reductive, I know. Yeah. But anyways, though. So, 40 years ago, 1947, World War III. Which made me initially be like, how the fuck is there a World War III? It's been two years since World War II. Hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. There are no countries that could stabilize that fast. I got this, hear me out. Robot Hitler. Yeah, that that actually that actually does it. It's, yeah. But it's not actually Robot Hitler. It's Cyborg Hitler. Yeah, yeah, they just call it Robo Hitler. News articles call it Cyborg Hitler. There was also a news article that called it Robo Hitler. Okay, fair enough. News being inconsistent. Whoever would have guessed. In 1947? Wow. Yeah, so in 1947, Robot Hitler comes back, or Cyborg Hitler, depending on your preference, comes back, and he's built an entire robot army, and he is attacking everyone and planning to take over the world. Infrastructures are damaged, people are reeling from World War II still, and now he has a robot army and is himself a cyborg version of himself and is super strong. And then suddenly, from the stars, marvelous men. And we see this is all being played, the entire voiceover is being played over a composite of black and white grainy war documentary film, it looks like, and then black and white cartoon? Yeah. And honestly, uh, they do it multiple times throughout these two episodes. A lot of the cartoon scenes, because it is a hybrid show of action and animation. And claymation. Yes. Claymation is a form of animation, technically. Sure, yeah. Okay. You are animating Te- Technically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah, you're right. But one, it's always used in like a fun time, like where it feels appropriate, where you like, this is like the best comic panel scene to do most of the time. But also, it seems like they're doing it for things that would cost them, that would be either big set pieces they wouldn't use a lot. Or a lot of prosthetic work for something, or a build, so they're saving money in a way that also looks visually pleasing, fitting into the format and style of their show. Yep. So, Miracle Man shows up, and in one day, dismantles all of the major weapons that the countries have, Yeah. and just stops the entire war, all in one day. And that day comes to be known as M-Day. Yes. And it's just great. Like, they do an animated brief fight of more, like, panel by panel almost. Yeah. With some slight animation here and there, like, actual moving animation of Marvelous Man fighting Cyborg Hitler. And it's just fun. Yep. We also learn in this flashback, post him killing Mecha Hitler, mm-hmm. that he is weak to only one substance, something called Caltonite. Well, before that, we see that he brokers world peace. Mm-hmm. And he is also accused by nations of the world to be favoriting the U.S. And so he vows to stay out of human politics. Yeah, he steps back from politics. And then we learn about Caltronite. Yep. Caltronite is the only thing he's weak to. It's a literal kryptonite analog because Marvelous Man is a Superman analog. And I always want to call him Miracle Man because my notes have him just labeled as M.M., and in my brain, and Miracle that, Man is a comic book hero you're actually aware of. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like my brain's like Miracle Man, but Miracle Man's actually a real car- comic book character. I have Miracle Man around here somewhere, right? Uh, I don't know. I probably it's Gaiman. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we then cut to a news program celebrating the 40th anniversary of Marvelous Man, and we get a cut to a kid watching the news and other some other people watching the news. Yes, we get some flashups of like other news topics, such as the expansionist hive mind cult known as Anubis. And we learn that America is led by an aggressive expansionist president named Nick Nukem. No relation to Duke Nukem, as far as I am aware. Yeah, so the news program is essentially just waiting to hear from MM. Did, did we mention that there's a Caltronite bullet made by Lockwood Industries? We don't know that yet. They mention that here. Not we, yet. Yeah, they mention it at the same time they mention Caltronite. Hmm. Because it popped up as a newspaper article. Okay, it's, it's a newspaper article. So a lot of this show and, actually... And they briefly mention it because... um. It's just in Nighthawks, like, long diatribe about Caltronite. Yeah. So a lot of this show is not is a lot more show than tell. Yes. A lot. Because it's it's almost produced in, like, a documentary style. Yeah. Where we it, get, it's like, weird. Newspaper like headlines it. and a voiceover describing the, the actual historical relevance of this. Yeah. And it's very, like, documentary styled. Mm-hmm. And then after we get that documentary role, opening role, basically, mm-hmm. footage role. It's just a news set now? Yeah, because we have the news anchor. He's the one who mentions the Anubis Hive Mind. Because he's talking about, soon we'll have Miracle Man on, because it is M-Day. Marvelous Man. Fuck. Soon we'll have Marvelous Man on, because it is M-Day. And maybe we'll learn if he 
is going to do a thing to stop the Anubis hive mind, or if he's going to condemn the current warmongering president, Nick Newcomb. It's funny, because I think I just spread my mental infection of you did. Miracle Man yeah. to you, and that's hilarious to me. And then we also see, briefly here for the first time, Speed, another superhero. Yeah, we don't know if she's a superhero yet. She's just a scientist in a lab. I mean, we, we, we get her name. Oh, do we? Yes. Is it a pop-up in the bottom left? Yeah. Okay, I, I just missed it. Um, then we also cut to a spaceship in orbit mm-hmm. around Earth, which is Marvelous the Man's... The Citadel of Justice, I think is what I've been calling it. Yeah. And it's Marvelous Man's home base, essentially. Yeah. But it's actually the home base for the entire Guardians. So it seems. But there is a lot of Marvelous Man branding on the walls. Mm-hmm. So Marvelous Man starts his M-Day address, and he has a gun he's playing with in his hands. Yeah. And At he... first, we don't see that, though. He's kind of just... He seems kind of down. Yeah. I've got some quotes here for you. I've protected you for 40 years. I don't feel anything. I'm a prisoner trapped in bulletproof skin. And when he says that, he shoots himself in the hand, but yeah. like the bullet just crumbles because... Yeah, because he's bulletproof. And then he's like, when I close my eyes, all I hear is your suffering. When I sleep, people die. Yeah, and he actually has a point in there where he's talking about like when he closes his eyes and we hear a bunch of screams yeah, because and like he flashing. Sa- he says when I close my eyes, but then he doesn't say anything else. He, he says just- when I close my eyes, this is what I hear. And somehow has... And I don't know if that's an audio track that he's playing on the footage reel. Or not, or if we like, as viewers, viewers are... are just seen in his brain. Yeah. Either way, it's really, really well done. And then he reveals a Caltronite bullet. Yeah. And he's like, he says, I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired, so I found my escape. Yeah. Loads the Caltronite bullet into the gun, and on live TV, blasts his brains out. Yes. But there's some static cut. We don't actually know, like, yeah. for sure what happened here. There was a brief cut where we see speed again uh when he's talking about how if he sleeps people die and she's just like wow we're all inspiring speech cal and uh then he grabs the bullet we see it burn his hand mm-hmm. as he's touching it and then he blows his brains out and she's like oh fuck so she rushes from where she's at to the speed sanctum we're on her screens there's a notification that marvelous man is dead yeah it's just it says vitals like non-existent and then marvelous man dead yep and the newscaster gives a bit of a eulogy yeah he's just like well no he's first like just like what and we see a bunch of people who we'd seen like watching television screens like a kid fans and stuff all these people and they they all kind of just like what the fuck and like i said the newscaster starts to give a eulogy about how marvelous man changed humanity and and while he's doing that we get exterior shots of marvelous man's ship the citadel shutting down yes we get a shot of the, the and we go through the halls of the ship Mm-hmm. And that leads up to a shot of Marvelous Man slumped on the floor. Well, slumped on his chair. The Marvelous Man shot is him sitting in his chair and there's gun smoke leaking out of his mouth and splattered on the wall behind him is a bunch of green blood. And then we get a pop-up on screen in silver that says, Fatality. Which is slightly amusing because Will Yoon Lee, the guy who's playing Marvelous Man, also voiced Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat 10. Kung Lao is hat thrower? Yes. Okay. I just couldn't remember. You know, I... When it popped up Fatality here, and like knowing that he had the tie to Kung Lao, I was like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But the show will continue to use Fatality and Flawless and yeah. like, just sample from MK. Th- those ones aren't nearly as amusing to me later when they do it. But this one, I was just like, heh, because I was like, it- it's slightly amusing. I didn't even note the... Wait, okay. The other Fatality is with Mr. Smiles, right? No, the other Fatality is with Scottish Skull. Oh, no, that's that's a flawless. Then, yes, it is with Mr. Smiles. Yeah, okay. I didn't note the second Fatality in my notes, and I didn't note the flawless either. I just Yeah, I just know where they are. And then, after we get the Fatality, but we get the Guardians of Justice title card. And a robotic woman's voice reads, Guardians of Justice. Yes. And then we get a small animated song and intro of a tiny president with a shotgun. He's he's the best there's ever been. Better than Abe Lincoln. He could stay in bed. Yes. And then he shoots an eagle with a shotgun. And then we have our presidential address about the death of Marvelous Man uh, you're, you're from mi- President Nick Newcomb. You're missing one of the best parts. After he shoots the eagle with a shotgun, yeah. it like becomes the seal of America. But with a dead eagle on it instead of a normal eagle. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. That's dope. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's actually funny. Um, good satire. Ha ha. Love. And then, so we have President Nick Newcomb's address to the nation, where he's just talking about how, where he's talking about how Marvelous Man, an alien to this country, showed up 40 years ago, but he made a life here. He accomplished his dreams. He's an, he was an immigrant that came to this country. And did work and did great things for us. He... And we'll remember him and honor him by continuing to prevent the rise of foreign nuclear powers and and stopping the spread of the pen, the, this the homosexual, homosexual pan- epidemic. 
epidemic yep yeah and uh we then see speed who's just like fucking asshole because apparently speed is our cut to audience insert almost like hey here's probably what you're thinking speed's gonna say it for you yeah she's just working out and yeah she's like asshole and then we get a montage of people on the news. We also get a cut to like what I assume is maybe the Anubis group because they're watching the president's address and they just like scoff at him. Maybe. But then we get a montage of people doomsaying in response to Marvelous Man's death. Yeah. As well as a montage of an apparent rise in crime caused by yeah. Marvelous Man's death. Um, no bearing to me really, but one of the people we see here, if you watch them stream, I guess, is, um, Andy Milanakis. He's a streamer. I think he's been on, um, Game Changers. I don't know. I know he's been on some shows and things before. And he's definitely been on that Chris Hardwick game show at midnight. I I, I don't really know. I just know he exists. I, I recognized him. Um, so... I just realized like that I heard Sam Reich say his name. I've also heard Chris Hardwick say his name. Yeah, I was like, I, I just, I know who he is and I recognized him. So he's in this reaction bit. And really, this is kind of just a montage of people being like, oh, shit, we're all kinds of fucked up. We see some, like, a cartoon of villains standing up villainously from shadows, all kind of laughing. We see montages of cartoon riots because, again, way to save money. And then... We cut to a flashback to 1960. In black and white. And, and it's Nighthawk. And Nighthawk's voiceover, he tells us that Marvel's Man's arrival on Earth introduced a higher technology, mm-hmm. and which led to, which somehow led to an increase in street level crime. I mean, I assume supervillains. And general discord. Yeah. Bad people got a hold of good technology, became uh, supervillains. Yeah, because you because if you ban guns, yeah. only bad people have guns. Mm-hmm. And black... Hawk, not Blackhawk. I was looking at my black and white note that has in black and white. I want to just clarify that I was being facetious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. And then, so, Nighthawk is fighting the Demander. The Commander. The Demander. I thought, no. That's why he's wearing a green hat, a tie, and a staff. He is the Demander, the Riddler, the Demander. Makes sense. I I thought his name was the Commander, my bad. The Demander. My notes say he's the Commander all the way through. No, he is the Demander. But, yeah, Nighthawk is fighting the commander after, like, a bank robbery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's fighting the demander after a bank robbery, yes. And they're going back and forth, and then the demander gets on top and is... Yeah, he's just beating the shit out of Nighthawk. Nighthawk, our Batman stand-in. Well, he also, like, mentions that this is, like, one of his first nights of yeah, Dawn yeah. in the Hood. But he gets his ass beat by his regular and he, equivalent. And then he's like, and then Marvelous Man showed up. A lifelong friendship was formed. Yeah, Marvelous Man, I thought here, killed him. Yeah, you see, he shoots shot lasers. him with laser eyes, and we see a burn mark on the Demander's back. But he does show up later, so he's not dead. Marvelous Man did not kill somebody. But this is essentially the origins of the Guardians of Justice. These, yes. Both Nighthawk and Marvelous Man shake hands, and human and alien come together for the greater good. And then we have an interview, which is introduced with this character by Nighthawk talking about her. Yeah. But it, she's a cartoonist intro, because I am partially convinced... Because in the two episodes where we see her, we meet Marvelous Man's wife, who is played by Denise Richards. And who... she's, she's an ex-CIA agent. Yes. But we every time we see her... Denise Richards, not the character. Yes. So yes. Yeah. But each time we see her, she's literally just in the same spot, in the same outfit. Part of me is convinced they didn't have the budget to hire her on very, very long. So they're just like, that's why they did this intro in cartoon. They were just yeah. like, we, we can't do anything else. We have Denise Richards in this for this one shot. Have her say all of her lines, we'll stitch them in later. Yeah. And it's a late night style interview show. Um, and the host She's is talking like, to the same host for um, something Vance. Yeah. Uh, but this time it's less news and more late night style. This dude hosts multiple yeah. shows, apparently. Yeah. He's a TBS style host. Yeah. Um, and he's like, what the host is like, what would lead Marvel's man to, to kill himself? She goes, he didn't kill himself. He wouldn't do that to all of us. He wouldn't do that to me. He was murdered. Yeah. And so then we cut to a bunch of different... Well, the news anchor turns to the hard cam, points his finger, and he goes, Nighthawk, we need answers. Where are you? Yeah. And so then we have a bunch of different countries responding to that. So we get a bunch of different newscasters, different languages. He calls Nighthawk out like yeah. that because Nighthawk's the second in command of the Guardians. And with Marvelous Men dead, obviously Nighthawk is the default leader. Yes. And that's obvious to everybody except Speed. We'll get to that. Yeah. And so... Nighthawk, we cut to him in his hawk nest, which we don't get the name of until next episode, but either way. And he calls all of the Guardians of Justice. Yeah. And here we get introduced to them all. I take one, you take one? Yeah, sure. Starting off, we have King Tsunami, Overlord of the Oceans. Then we have Speed, the only f- person faster than Marvelous Man, which is not true. We it's learned- immediately disproven in episode two. Yes. Uh, 
Golden Goddess, Princess of the God Realm. Awesome, man. He's Shazam. Yeah, he's he, just there, Shazam. He has yeah. the power of seven gods. Although he, we don't see him ever turn into a child, so he might not, like, transform. He just has the power of seven gods. Yeah, I mean, like, the only reason why Billy Batson transforms into an adult is because his body can't handle the power. Yeah. Like, so, we see Black Adam, and he just gets, like, buffer. That's so, really it. So if Billy Batson ever grew up to be an adult, he wouldn't have a full-on transformation. Yeah, he would just get kind of buffer and get the outfit. Yeah. And logically, he would look similar to what Shazam looks like. His, yeah. Yeah. What he should be. Mm -hmm. Then we have Blue Scream, powerful Sonic Scream. Yeah, it's Black Agar Boltagon. Or if we're shaking with the Justice League here, it's Black Canary. Yeah, but Black Agar Boltagon is way more powerful and way cooler. Yeah, true, true. And lastly, we have Black Bow, expert marksman and reality star. Yep. Also, um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to it. They, they'll have a conversation. We we also see them all. When we're getting their descriptions in comic book panel style, which makes it nice. Yeah. But so they're all having these conversation, this conversation, this meeting. And Nighthawk's like, look, there's only three of you who are fast enough to respond to international crises. And so in order to cover what Marvelous Man was doing, the three of you will need to spread out. I mean, we do get trenchant Aquaman commentary. Not yet. Yes, we do. Because right here is when they start to argue. Because Night Nighthawk says with Miracle... with. Because Nighthawk says, with Marvelous Man gone, they all, we all need to step up. And Blue Scream says, none of us, even with all of us together, we can't match up to Marvelous Man. And uh, then, then King Tsunami says, I'm strong enough, and I'm a king. Yeah, Mar he interrupts. He's like, maybe maybe you can't. Yeah. And Blue Scream's like, what, are you going to talk to fish? Yeah, they just start to bicker back and forth. And then Nighthawk steps in. And he's like, stop. I have jobs for you. I love how there is this, like, generational divide on Aquaman. Because... Yeah. Strictly because... Super the, Friends. The Golden Age and the Super Friends painted Aquaman as this useless character. But, I mean, if you look at, like, the Golden Age, a lot of the Justice League was kind of useless. Like, yeah. And then if we move slightly out of that into, like, Silver Age, some more, like, Just Society of America bullshit, then, I mean, he wasn't in Justice Society, but, like, around that same time when he was existing and doing stuff, he was actually doing things. And then we get to the 80s and 90s where he becomes a legitimate fucking badass. Yes, but... The thing is, so the older generation that know the Golden Age from comics are like, he's not powerful. And then the people who didn't read the comics in the 80s and 90s saw the Super Friends and they're just like, he's not powerful. Or they were indoctrinated by the jokes. Yeah, but like exactly that. Aquaman, despite like having like a full rehab starting in like the late 70s into the 80s and 90s and like becoming a legitimate character, a legitimate powerhouse member of the Justice League by the 90s. The issue is the people making content outside of comic books were people that grew up with yeah, or there were people who were parodying jokes they'd heard, and hey, I don't actually know anything about nerdy things, but I've heard this joke before, I'll just retell it slightly different. Yeah, so so Aquaman becomes the butt of all these jokes when he's like either the second or third physically strongest member of the Justice League, depending on how, how we're counting Wonder Woman here. Yeah. Uh, and he's one of the fastest. One of the more intelligent ones. Yeah, the dude is like insane, and if we give him his 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 beautiful little handmaid of water that he gets from the Lady of the Lake, the man gets blood bending. Aquaman's a powerhouse. Also, Aquaman learns magic. Yeah, Atlantean's just no magic. Yeah, they can learn magic. It's cool. Aquaman's a boss, and the fact that yeah. people shit on him hurts me. Anyways, though, so then Nighthawk is dispatching people in their jobs. Yeah. So, like I said, he's like, "There's only three of you who are fast enough to respond to international crises." That would be Awesome Man, who, again, mm. Shazam parody. So he's basically like a rung below Superman. Yeah. Speed and Golden Goddess. Yep. And Golden Goddess is a Wonder Woman analog. So, you know. She assumedly has the flight power instead of the, the jet. She's like on par with Awesome Man. Slightly below Awesome Man, but also stronger than Awesome Man. It depends. Yeah. Anyways, though. So he's dispatching them. And the first job up is for golden goddess to go to syria to stop a squad of cyborg t-rexes you know if i lived in syria a war-torn country in poverty and there were just squads of cyborg t-rexes running around i'd be upset if golden goddess saved me from getting killed by a cy cyborg it sounds like a better way to go it's the best way to die i'm also trying to tame one of those like i'm not just dying because i'm dying i'm trying to tame one of those <laughs> because if i can control it i now control syria I have a cyborg T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. I am the boy and this is my dinosaur. And then he gives Awesome Man his job, which is to go to Thailand to save people trapped in a mudslide. Yeah. And, and he's going to send some hawk drones to help. Hawk drones with supplies, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not just like saving people from a mudslide. It's also like 
building refugee encampments and like helping the Red Cross. Humanitarian efforts. Yeah. And then he has speed transporting Blue Scream to LA to investigate a drug called Mellow Devil that is taking the streets by storm. And then once she finishes that, he needs her to run back to the hawk's nest, pick up Black Bow and take Black Bow to Peru. And yeah. Speed's like, what, am I just a delivery boy now? And Nyack's like, you're whatever the Guardians need you to be, which is the appropriate response there. Speed has an ego. Yeah. I get the feeling that she had, like, a very personal one-on-one relationship with a Marvelous Man. Or a deep-seated admiration of. And now feels like, because she had this personal relationship yeah, with Marvelous it Man. it entitles her to just lead. And, like, no, you had a second-in-command for a reason. Yeah. And, like, it's not just, Nighthawk's not just, like, I'm second-in-command because I said I am. There's a global understanding that Nighthawk is the second-in-command of the Guardians. Yeah, look, if, if we're treating this like it's the Justice League, next up is Nighthawk. Actually, Nighthawk's been your leader the entire time. Marvelous Man was just your... Uh, people facing Nighthawk's been Parliament the entire time. Marvelous yeah. Man was just the Queen, and the Queen is dead. And then, if not the Denmark, guess what? It's actually Black Bow because she's your uh, Green Era, and she's been secretly mind wiping people when they've needed to. Uh, <laughs> you you know about that, right? No, but Th- there's this entire time where uh, Batman finds out that a certain group of members of the League inside of it, inside of the League, have been wiping people's minds on occasion. And when he finds out, he goes to leave, and then they wipe his mind. <laughs> They've probably done that like four times now. Yeah. He's like, because the league is filled with people of contradictory personalities and they're just like, we need this shit to work. Well, yeah, because like Superman would never abide by like straight up murdering your villains. Yeah. Wonder Woman would be like, why aren't we murdering the villains? Except for a few because I accidentally created these ones. So I feel personally responsible. Do you or, know- you know, Superman and Batman are both like, they need a face justice here on earth and green lantern's like nope i work for a galactic police department and yeah they committed a crime here but it's in my sector and their crime gets them taken back to the big big house it's an entire planet prison do you know why wonder woman doesn't have a rogues gallery while superman flash and batman do (laughs) she has like one it's because she doesn't put up with their bullshit yeah she puts a bitch down if she has to her her rogues gallery is well they're gods i can't really kill them and then they're new gods, and I can't really kill them. They're apocalyptic gods. I can't really kill them. It's this lady I feel responsible for creating. I'll try to get her some help. Yeah. Yeah. Where Superman has, like, a rogues gallery consisting of, like, some humans who should not still be able to be a threat. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to kill them, take them to space somewhere. Put everyone in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> then you don't have to worry about other people breaking them out of the Phantom Zone. I love that this show which is a trenchant commentary on dc comics allows us to make our own trenchant commentary on dc comics yes but anyways so um speed is going off to speed is going to drop blue scream off in la we did already mention this but i felt like mentioning it again because it does come up in episode two blue scream is being dropped off in la to deal with a new drug called mellow devil mellow devil yes king tsunami who we haven't talked about yet who seems to be neglected from like just kind of forgotten he's just like well what about me because he's the aquaman yeah exactly it's the joke and then Hawk's like oh um he Scottish sounds- skull is hijacking a u.s submarine off the coast of new zemar go go deal with that yep which apparently he doesn't do very well because um- Scottish skull shows up in the next episode and Scottish Skull seems to be the Bane equivalent, almost. Big Jack guy in Skull Mask with goons in also masks. But his goons have guns and seem to be paramilitary. And also, he's not near as cool as Bane. Yeah. Bane is a luchador. We don't know Scottish Skull isn't a luchador. We know he's not because he wouldn't because he gets the shit wrestled out of him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Anyways, though. So, then, as all of the Guardians of Justice are dismissed... The, tell the like hollow call because they were yeah. like holograms and then gets interrupted by a person called walker addison walker and she just breaks into the guardian's feet and nighthawk's like what are you doing how did you do that and she's like not hard dude you're also, not the only smart person in the world yeah she runs a private paramilitary group whose entire purpose is to strive for economic stability around the globe which i misread that because i heard paramilitary uh, private military group, my brain went instability okay that's what they said because that's that's what private military no no she she runs a good paramilitary it doesn't group. exist also i think its name is like acronyms to stew because when we see her comic book intro panel because we basically get those from most people yeah it's her and there's a bunch of people in like yellow armor and stuff 
And on the back, it's S period T period E period W period. I have no idea. And but, I don't know, but I am but questioning. It's amazing because she shows up and she's like, Marvelous Man was working with me to disarm the globe of nuclear weapons and prevent nuclear armament in the future. Yeah. And because he's gone, those talks have fallen through. And Alex just like, that sounds like your problem. And then swipes her away, which I guess ends the call. And then she calls back and she's like, I need you to investigate the death of Marvelous Man. And he's like, I was already doing that. And she's like, you're looking in the wrong places. And he goes, what do you mean? And she goes, the Guardians. You need to investigate the Guardians as suspects. He's like, well, what if I don't? And she's like, well, then I'll arrest you. I'll arrest all the Guardians. I'll put the entire world into martial law and take control of the world. Yeah, like... When she says she would arrest all the guardians, it's like, damn, she has some power backing her. <laughs> I and then it was, I will put the entire world under martial law. And the way she's saying it, it's still the same calm voice she's been using the entire conversation. Like, it's just a fact she'll do it. Yeah, I, I love it. It's just like, oh shit, she just arrest the Justice League? Fuck, Maria Hill got more powerful. I'm sorry, I'm a Marvel guy. Uh, Waller. Oh fuck, Waller got more powerful. And then she's like, I put the world in the martial law. And I was like, oh fuck, Waller... Why, there isn't even a president. Fuck Nick Nukem. Yeah. Yeah. So she requests that he finds out who killed Marvelous Man, says they can stop a nuclear holocaust because all these countries are blaming each other for having a hand in Marvelous Man's death. Yes. And she asks if he has any thoughts so far, and he says he'll have no opinions until his investigation is done. And, um, yeah, so then we see... That call ends, and then he calls the Guardians, and he's like... Well, he he's pacing around in his thing, and uh, that's what I noticed in the background. There's just a clear plastic tube with the with a young man in it, a, probably above the age of 18, but no older than, like, 34. 30, 35, like a young 35. And at first I thought it might be like his Joker equivalent because his hair is a bit messy. He looks really parallel and it looks like he has some form of face makeup on. But it's not. We meet him later. Uh, in these two episodes, we never get a resolution. We do see him again. He is a steady figure in here. Well, yeah. And the same time we see him, we actually see him like moving around in the tube and stuff. And I was like, yeah. Oh, he's the first time I was like, oh, maybe it's just like a sculpture or something. No. But like, so here's my th- headcanon. Yeah. Okay. So we have Dick Grayson. Yes. We have Damien Wayne. This is Jason Todd. But Dick Grayson's also filling the role of Jason Todd. No, no, no. Yeah, but I mean, this is the second Robin. Or, I like your point here. Maybe, though, it's Tim. And instead of bringing Tim to, on to work for him as his Robin equivalent, Tim breaks into the hawk's nest and he's just like, well, I can't kill you, but I also can't let you go. You live in a tube now. You found out You found out Atticus, whatever my last name is, because we learned his name is Atticus from Walker. You found out Atticus, insert last name here, is Nighthawk. You get to live in a tube. I like the idea that it's Jason Todd, but after he came back to life and... I don't know. I like the idea that this is a reaction to Tim Drake breaking in. <laughs> Either way. Um, but yeah, he calls the Guardians and he's like... I need one, one-on-one one, interviews. Once you finish the missions, I need you to report to the Hawks. He doesn't tell them why. He just says, oh, yeah, yeah. come here when you finish. So the credits then roll, and we get we get a pair of cops walking down an alley. And they're just like counting dead bodies and how the dead bodies are yeah, dead. Yeah, it's like, oh, that one has a smiley face. And by smiley face, he means two holes punched in the torso... And then, like, a curve in the stomach area. Yeah. That one's missing an eye. Oh, look, you can see that one's fine. There's another smiley face. And as they're walking out, we zoom out and we see that some of them have been arranged to make a giant smiley face. Yep. Um, and then as it fades out, well, we missed the part, we missed the best part of their conversation because they're doing this oh, so yeah, casually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, there's a, what's the politically correct term? Because Midget isn't right anymore. Little person? There's a little person. He's one of the cops. He's like, you think we'd be bulletproof if we wore Marvelous Man's skin? I mean, I know it's a bit morbid, but he's dead now. And the other guy's like, well, yeah, but it'd be like a bulletproof vest. Like, you're still going to get really bruised and you're going to break something. It's going to be really hard. And he's like, well, no, it's bulletproof. And the guy's like, well, yeah, but his entire body was bulletproof. You're, so, like, you're still shitty muscles with shitty bones. And he's like, hey, don't. Yeah. And then they're talking about how one of them went to a strip club for the rest of the conversation. Yeah. And then after we zoom out and see the smiley face made of dead bodies. In a hazy image, we see... A villain with black and white face paints and dreads laughing while the screen fades out. Yes. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on the first episode of The Guardians of Justice? It's so documentary styled. I just want to like make a role-playing game and then make this mandatory watching and this is just the canon history of the world. Like... Because this is just a documentary, right? Like, 
it's it's shot in a way that like it's all a documentary about the death of marvelous man in world war three yeah and, like, and it definitely doesn't take itself ser- too seriously but it has a serious tone mm-hmm. which is always like one of the best areas to play in for like games in general but for a superhero game it's great because it has that splash of golden age silliness you have cyborg t-rexes and a mecha hitler but then you have like hey this the superhero killed themselves because for what we've seen they were experiencing massive ptsd so it's because the jokes are never called out within the media itself exactly everything in the show is taken seriously despite the fact that it's not which is the best way to do this form of comedy and a lot of things seem to want to call themselves out which is annoying to me and the fact that this show never does is great but yeah it's a fine show um given that it's like a half hour sitcom style show well it's not a sitcom even it is well maybe if we take the actual sitcom and break it to mean situational comedy, yeah, this is a situational comedy. The situation being superheroes, but it's a half-hour comedy c- comic show. It's worth watching. It's a dramedy. That, it's a drama comedy. Yeah, it, it's worth watching in that like it's not a huge time investment, and it's actually enjoyable to watch. I'm sorry, my brain is more Marvel than DC though. So I, I have to agree. Like while it's oddly a documentary like episode for this one, it's also oddly entertaining. And I think that's because of the way it does its humor. It feels very pulpy, like pulp humor. And I, I love that shit. You know I do. Also, um, sorry to interrupt you. Nighthawk's performance, Diamond Dallas's page performance as Nighthawk, reads so heavily as Nick Cage as Big Daddy. As Big, yes, multiple times. And it doesn't help that he has the goatee. His Nighthawk voice is literally Nick Cage's Big Daddy Especially voice. Especially when he gets angry. Yeah. yeah I, I kept reads, hearing it too. It reads so much as Nick Cage's Big Daddy. And I'm, I love it. Like, so good. Yeah. So I already talked about how like the animation seemed to be smartly used, which is just a thing I thought was neat. But uh, another thing that I recognized a few people, I was like, "Why do I recognize?" I'm sorry, I checked IMDb. Right? Fun fact: this show has um three cast members from Twilight. Yeah, you were telling me that last night. It has Jackson Rathbone, Jackson Rathbone, and who Laurent. played Jasper. Yeah, in Twilight. And he's playing Blue Scream now. So I hate how much the Twilight movies minimalize how much of a terrible human. Oh, he's he's a piece of shit. How much of a piece of shit Jasper was before Alice. Yeah, definitely. Jasper is very cool, but he is also um, an ex-Confederate soldier. And essentially, like before he became part of the Cullen family, an actual murder machine. Who actively enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have as King Tsunami. Oh, no, he never enjo- he never enjoyed it because he could feel their emotions, but he was just very good at it. He got a big adrenaline rush from the fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then as King Tsunami, we have the man who played Emmett, who is something Mears, I think is his name. My brain is skipping on it. I don't know why. I don't know. Yeah. And then the person at the end here, who we will see in the next episode, the laughing guy, is Mr. Smiles. And he is played by the same person who played Laurent in the Twilight movies. So... Like I said, Jackson Rathbone is Blue Scream. He was Jasper. And then we have Kellen Lutz, who is playing King Tsunami, and he also played Emmett in the Twilight series. I would have honestly never known that. If I had taken a couple seconds, I would have recognized Blue Scream. He just doesn't have enough screen time. And his hair is blue and spiked up. But there's just enough prosthetic and weird skin tone on King Tsunami that in these two episodes, there's definitely no way to tell it's uh, Kellen Lutz. Yeah. And then Mr. Smiles, the guy at the end here, whose name we get in the next episode, is played by uh, Eddie Kathigi. Kathigi? I don't know how to say his last name. And he is the person who played Laurent in Twilight. He was the leader of like the three vampires, Victoria, he, James, and he, Laurent. He was the only black character in Twilight. Yeah. And the only named black character in the Twilight movies. And then just another thing, uh, Awesome Man is played by Derek Mears, who some people may recognize as a Jason Voorhees. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're That's right. Yeah. Anyways, also Swamp Thing. Anyways, on to episode two, entitled Chapter Two, A Mentally Shattered Megalomaniac. Yeah. So we start with more like stock war and voiceovers Mar- from well stock war and marvelous man footage. Like I assume this is a stock footage that exists in this world. Yeah. And voiceovers of Nighthawk about how much Marvelous Man meant to the world. Well, actually, in this footage, we have a voiceover from Van Morrison, whose name I have now, oh. who is the news anchor talking oh, yeah. about Marvelous Man's death and how much it meant to the world. Yeah, that's right. You're sorry. And then we get Nighthawk's voiceover talking about how there's been so much violence and how it's only been 36 hours, but the world is responding exactly as he thought it would. The autopsy showed nothing abnormal. And then we get a tiny, like, title card. Well, first we get, like, flashes of news headlines. Yes. About how the world's responding, how Nighthawk thought it was. Yeah, this is all going over with, as he's talking about how the world's violent. Specifically, I don't care about these headlines. I just wanted to bring up one thing. There is unrest in Atlantis. 
which canonizes yeah. Atlantis to this world. Yep. That's, that's the only thing I wanted to bring up. Um, and so then we get a small title card with a little animation. Yep. The and Corrupt Commissioner, Learning to Smile. Yes. So and I mentioned this because there are going to be several of these throughout here. And if you've read comics, you know there's generally an issue or two somewhere that you will find where it's just like a comic where you have your overarching story, especially Batman. Batman does it quite a bit. But you have like a vignette inside it. The vignette vaguely relates to the overarching thing, and it all comes together in generally the last vignette or the overarching. I love the start of the corrupt commissioner because I'm going to try to get this line right. Classic comic writing. Carnegie City, corrupt commissioner, corrupt chief commissioner. Corrupt Chief Constable. Corrupt Chief Constable commits to something, the crown of crime. Yeah. Like, it's so much alliteration. It's so good. It's so good. But And as we get the thing about what the commissioner is doing, we see him killing a bunch of supervillains, or at least- Including the commander. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we first see him stealing like a necklace from their Catwoman equivalent after tying her up and leaving her trapped. Yeah. We see him shooting the demander. The commander, yes. The Riddler equivalent, stealing a bag of money. And then we see him playing Um, poker. You said shooting, which implies maybe one shot. Repeatedly, repeatedly. Kneecapping him with a shot, then shooting him in the chest, walking over, shooting him again in the chest, picking up the bag of money, and then shooting him in the head. Yeah. Yeah. It's violent. D- Demander is dead. Yes. And this is all in cartoon. So yeah. it's actually really, really nice and really cool. And like I And then he's got a poker game with their Mr. Freeze who seems to be fire based. And and their um scarecrow. So here's my here's my assumption about their their Mr. Freeze fire analog. He has to be wearing a special containment suit because his body temperature is so cold that he has to be continually warming himself up or he'll die. It would make sense. Yeah, that because like Frost's problem is that like he runs. What is why does Frost have to have the ice suit? You mean freeze? Freeze. Why does freeze have to have the ice suit? It just contains the cold from him. Uh, He's actually weak to heat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's just super cold and it contains it, so he doesn't hurt anyone. Because it's what what he made the suit for, and then he has made ways to relieve it and target it. That way, he can be a supervillain because he needs money to save his wife. Mister Freeze isn't a supervillain. Batman Dr. Freeze. Dr. Freeze isn't a villain. Batman's the villain here. Batman which, Batman could throw money at this problem and solve Dr. Freeze. Which by the way, Mr. Freeze. It's Mr. No, no, no. His his supervillain name is Mr. Freeze, but oh. he is a doctor. Yeah. So often we give villains the title of doctor that they have not earned. Yet, when we take someone who is legitimately more of an anti-hero or a legitimate hero, we have to diminutive who they are by reducing them from a doctor, a position he worked hard and earned to Mister. Fuck that, Victor Freeze. It's a fantastic character. Respect him, and he's only a villain because nobody will help him with his medical research. Yeah, obviously not. As I mean, like when he was originally introduced, that wasn't a thing. But I love Freeze. I love him so much. I love villains who are not who are justified. Justified villains are my like. Oh yeah, they're great. So he's playing a poker game with. They're Freeze and Scarecrow. Uh, he has a losing hand, flips the table, shoots them, takes the money. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to him in actual real life. We see a knockoff Detective Bullock, whose name is Detective Bullock in the credits. And he's harassing a pair of women in a cage, uh-huh. um, which they apparently have stopped some human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And the commissioner tells him to shut up and leave them around and drags the detective over. And he's just like, look, I know a monk or a therapist or whatever who's willing to pay top dollar for these girls as long as they're still pure yeah so he's like stop fucking with them and just watch them while i get somebody to pick them up while i send a truck to pick them up yeah and then the two beat cops are like but what about the hawk and the commissioner's like with marvelous man gone it doesn't matter i'm in charge of the city the guardians have too much on their plate to worry about us yeah and it's like, it says a small amount of time later and we're outside the police department and we go inside. And, and yeah, it said Mr. Smiles couldn't abide yeah. by the police stepping in, stepping in to take over the world of crime. And so Mr. Smiles, who is assumedly a Joker analog, yes. has walked his way through this police station, murdered everyone. Like, think Resident Evil 3 police station, like, vibes. But with more corpses, not walking around laying down this time. Yeah. And then we get to the police chief's office, the constable, the commissioner's office. And the commissioner is dead, but his, his entire, like, front, bottom part of his face has been cut off into a smile. Yeah. And not, Mr. Smiles... Not cut into a smile. He's not expanded his cheeks. He has cut off the flesh in the shape of a big smile. And, and then he's he has, now wearing it. Yeah, he's wearing it now. I like Mr. Smiles. Yeah. And then, I like him more by the end of this episode. Right. And then we get another little animated card screen. The, the bullet that was made to kill God. Yes. 
for some reason, the black and white title panels makes me feel like they need to be said in the like yeah. Twilight Zone voice, but I can't do the bullet that was made to kill a god. I can't do it either. I can't do Rod Sterling. Rod Sterling is hard, unless you're Adam Blompier, apparently. Yeah. Anyways, though, we get a voiceover from Nighthawk, and he's talking about the death of Marvelous Man. He's talking about how... The cause of death appears to be a single gunshot wound to the head. Mm-hmm. The bullet, Calchonite. The murder weapon, not the gun. Yeah. A bullet made of Calchonite. Made of Calchonite. Bits of planet left over from an incident when a cosmic titan destroyed Caltron. The home planet of Marvelous Man. There's only one known Caltronite bullet in existence. It was made by Lockwood Industries, run by Logan Lockwood, their Lex Luthor, who hated Marvelous Man. Because, and then we see a diatribe of uh, Logan Lockwood hating Marvelous Man for convenient, correct reasons, like Lex Luthor. Hey, here's this alien. We have no idea who he actually is. He doesn't answer to anyone. He turned us at any minute. He's extremely dangerous. He killed somebody without any proof that that person... Yeah, had, just, like, just killed him. Like, and we didn't do anything about it. Marvelous Man is a drug, and we've come to rely on him too heavily. We can no longer defend ourselves. And, you know, Logan Lockwood's character is a dick, but he's right. Yeah. Also, I think he's played by the guy who created the show. Interesting. Avi Shandar, I think. Fun. I hope Avi Shandar, like me, thinks Lex Luthor is actually justified yeah. and correct. If I remember correctly from the credit list, he also voiced Scottish Skull. That's funny to me. Yeah. So, it's not really important. It just, I, I feel like mentioning it. This, uh, the bullet cost $1.2 billion to make. Yeah. It we was, see it in a headline. Yeah. It cost over over a million dollars to develop this singular bullet. Over a billion. Over a billion dollars to cultivate this single bullet. And uh, Nighthawk says he's going to go interrogate him. Yep. And the bullet's called the God Killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, we see him drop down from his hawk plane. And then he was fighting a bunch of, a bunch of goons. Um... It has a lot of comic line art and animation effects. Yeah, but mainly Hawk just beats people until he gets to Logan. Yeah. He knocks him out with a punch, bags him, straps him to a chair, and when he pulls him up, pulls the hood off Logan, he's just like, I'm not going to tell you anything. Look, I don't have anything to say. Like, Mario's man's dead. It sucks, but he, he's just like, I, I don't really care. You know I don't care. And Mario's like, you'll tell me. And then he gets a car from Speed interrupting his interrogation. And Speed's just going off about how, like, they're done and they'll meet him back there. And then... She's like, we need to have a meeting because I don't know who... Th- who, who yeah. Who put, who put you in charge? We need to have a meeting because I don't know who put you in charge. We need to discuss this. He's like, he hangs up on her. And Logan Lockwood goes, okay, I'm bored now. Yeah, I made the bullet. I clearly didn't take it the day before Marvelous Man died. A, someone a couple broke days. It. A couple days before Marvelous Man died. Someone broke in, stole it. But the, There was a small stand for, like... A little less than three seconds in my camera, and in that time, someone had come in, left, and taken the bullet. Yep. Um, the footage is blanked out, and so Nighthawk gets on his phone. No, it didn't blank out. It got fuzzy and yeah. staticky. So Nighthawk calls a team meeting, like Speed suggested, but Nighthawk calls a team meeting because he tells them that they need to have one-on-one meetings. Well, he um takes the schematics from Logan. Mm-hmm. And the, f- the footage, which is not mm-hmm. useful, but... And then we get a new title card, The Suspects, a.k.a. The Guardians of Justice. Oh, I didn't see that title card. Weird. Yeah. And then so we have Nighthawk talking about how it seems Marvelous Man reacted to someone or something just before the end of this shot, before the end of the before the end of the interview when he shot himself yeah and that maybe sometimes things aren't always what they seem and then he calls the guardians yeah then he calls the guardians and gets them together and once they're all together in the hawk's nest he's like to question you one-on-one i need to have a one-on-one interview with you them yeah and he's like an interview or an interrogation he goes well it depends on how you answer your questions doesn't it Mm -hmm. and they're ever well said speech is like yeah okay makes sense and he's like until then do normal stuff go now and they all hesitate for a bit but then they leave. I love how he just like stares at them. Mm. And then like everybody leaves except Awesome Man and Speed. Yeah, Speed and Awesome Man. And so he's like, I don't know who put you in charge. And he goes, I hate to repeat myself. And then she runs off. Yeah. And he looks over at Awesome Man and Awesome Man just kind of shrugs. Yeah, Awesome Man's like, I don't know what I'm doing here, man. Like, mm-hmm. you told me to do whatever I normally do. I just stand around, man. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's the vibe he gives off. And then we get another title card and it is the book that could destroy Marvelous Man's legacy once and for all. Yes. And we start with a, an on-screen interview with Laura Lewis, yep. Marvelous Man's wife, and Van Morrison, the news anchor, is like, is there anything that could have signaled he might kill himself? And she's like, well, he did see a therapist. And then we get a series of news bulletins that are like, 
Marvelous Man's mental health issues. And there's a bunch of news panelists judging mm. Marvelous Man for needing therapy. How could a hero need therapy? It Was he even a real man? You know, all yeah. that stuff. Negative and the, tox- toxic masculinity. Yeah. And then we have the news anchor talking about how said therapist is a Dr. Ravencroft, who is apparently getting ready to sell a book telling all about his patient, Marvelous Man. And Morrison denounces it, says it's a horrible thing to do, um, not only as demeaning the memory of Marvelous Man, but as a psychiatrist and or therapist. Yeah, breaking breaking doctor-patient confidentiality and profiting off of it. And as he's denounced it, they go to an ad break, and the ad break is an ad for the book. Which is entitled, Skin of Steel, Heart of Paper. Yeah, and it's just... Uh, kind of frenetic commercial that's all over the place and it's delightful i don't really know how to put it into words yeah do you know how much the book is pre-ordering for 9.99 no 999 dollars and 99 cents oh i missed some nines <laughs> yes you did yes you did I, I saw that and i was like fucking wild yeah he's gonna sell three copies and then it's just gonna be on the internet but this is 1987 it's 87 is there an it doesn't seem to be I mean, they have they have technology is updated, but they it all seems still seems to be rather analog because they are still using CRT televisions, like classic wood cased CRT televisions. And the only people who seem to have like really good technology are the Guardians and Logan. He had like a three D rendering of his security vault. Yes, that didn't take three hours to load. But also, he said his film his security camera static which is yeah fair fair not gonna happen on a non-analog camera like that so it it would use film so then we're we're introduced to little wing robin and he's training and apparently assumedly his equivalent of alfred is like a maid yeah and she's talking about how he needs to be training more than just his body but also his mind and this robin is very much damien wayne he's swinging swords around he's talking about how sword fighting is basically just better than that He's a murder machine. Yeah. He's a tiny little angry murder machine. And then we get his backstory. And he is the sole survivor of a horrible atrocity of some sort that Nighthawk failed to stop. Yeah, and that has damaged Little Wing's psyche. (laughs) In a manner that Nighthawk finds familiar. But he couldn't let him, like, just go into, like, society because he's a danger to society. He doesn't really pose that as a danger to society. Nighthawk basically is just, like, not in these exact words. He's basically just like... Yeah, but I I didn't let him go because he's a he's a fucking badass. Like I could see it in his eyes. He the like it was good, like he has the fire to be a badass and just murder people or at least kick that shit out of people. Yeah, is basically he doesn't pose it like he'd be a danger to anyone or himself, but rather that like, he would just be really good at beating people up and he just really wanted to have a kid beat people up. And he's like, so I'm taking Little Wing with me to confront Doctor Ravencroft. Yeah. Um, so they confront Dr. Ravencroft, they basically beat up his goons before getting to him, and Ravencroft has, like, a translator slash bouncer, who is also, like, a supervillain of some sort, because, um... Super henchman. Yeah, because when Hawk tries to, like, I don't need you to translate for me, I can understand them perfectly fine, the bouncer gets upset and, like, starts to grow into this giant Mm -hmm. beast of a man. And then he just gets... Tronced by Little Wing, Yeah. yeah. And and Ravencroft looks vaguely like Lopan Lopan from um, Big Trouble in Little China. He uh, he looks vaguely like the OG Mandarin design. Yeah, like to the degree that it felt kind of almost racist. Incredibly almost racist. Yeah. Yeah. Upside, it's not a white guy in yellow face. It's a yellow guy in white face. Yeah. Yeah. Calling them yellow guy is probably a little bit racist. Yes, yes, it is. But like, I just turned your words. I wasn't. I realize. I just bad bad. You can probably edit that out. Maybe not. I mean, it's, up to you. it's still it, it's still true. I just like I just turned your words. That's all. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But, so so Nighthawk is talking to Ravencroft about their visits, and Ravencroft is like, "Marvelous man said he was scared of the darkness in you." First, Ravencroft refuses to speak, and he's yeah. like, "And um, Nighthawk goes, I could let Little Wing." Yeah. And then Ravencroft's like, Marvelous Man said he was scared of the darkness in you. And then to which Nighthawk tries to use that to threaten him. He's like, well, if someone as strong as Marvelous Man was scared of me, don't you think you should be too? So I want to go ahead and interrupt because the best part of this scene is from the time that the translator is taken care of to the end of the scene, Nighthawk is smoking cigars. Yeah. But the best part is they change length. Yes, all the time, consistently. Inconsistently. They're just like short cigar, long cigar. Well, I was saying they cigar. change length consistently. Oh, like, yeah, They're yeah, constantly yeah. changing length. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a, it's a hilarious mm-hmm. bit. And then as Croft doesn't say anything, um, Knight threatens him, well, blackmails him, because he has information. Turns out that the um, guy the commissioner was talking about was Ravencroft. And it also turns out that Nighthawk has footage of the commissioner 
with the girls that he's trafficking and de- didn't do anything to stop that. And like, and it seems he has more information about Ravencroft as well, yeah. but is willing to do nothing with said information as long as Ravencroft gives him all of the, inf- gives him all the copies of the book, all of the information regarding the book and anything else he has, and then stops selling the book, cancels all of it. Yeah, and Ravencroft also admits that he only saw Marvelous Men once, and that when he did see Marvelous Men, he was obsessed with this drug mellow devil. And then Max like, well, then where are you getting all this stuff? And Ravencroft says that, well, someone did pay him to make this book. They, yeah, they gave him the book pre-written, and it was like, publish this under your name, say it was you, yeah, we here's learned, money. We learn it was Logan Lockwood here, and Lockwood's just talking, we see him talking to Ravencroft, and he's just like, look, here's this book I already have, I want you to sell it, say it was from your therapy session with him, I want to crush all this superhero love before it gets even more. Yeah. In his death, I, I just I want you to ruin him. So Hawk successfully blackmails Ravencroft um, because we get a news bulletin with Van Morrison mm-hmm. talking about how the book has been pulled and it won't be published. Thank God. Um, yes. And also Ravencroft has gone into hiding and nobody knows where to find him. Yes. And then we see the translator preparing some girl in a bath mm-hmm. for so, Ravencroft for something. It's not clear what's going to happen. And the translator comes back and is like, I already have one ready. And we see Ravencroft's like glowing kind of yellow. Yeah, and stuck. He can't do anything. And Mr. Smiles turns and throws like a purple energy dagger into the translator. Yep. Kills the translator with a like glowing purple energy knife. Mm-hmm. And then the yellow binds around Dr. Ravencroft disintegrate. Mr. Smiles turns to Ravencroft and like... Ravencroft turns to Mr. Smiles and says, I cannot be killed. Oh, yes. You cannot kill me. And then we go claymation. And then, yeah, we go claymation. And Mr. Smiles has does like a rosin gun. A purple rosin gun. Right into um, Ravencroft's head and just blows it out the back. Yeah, all claymation. Like we see little droops of blood, but clay, like going down paper door. Yep. Then we get the next tiny title sequence, which is... Sh- well, we, we get a paper here because this is actually when it's announced that all the stuff is canceled. Yeah. Because we also see a paper that says uh, Ravencroft apparent suicide. Yeah, um, and this is the next title card, um, Red Talon, when Protégé resents Mentor. Yes. So, Nighthawk voiceover, he talks about how he needs the assistance of someone he can trust in this investigation. Someone good. Someone, perhaps, that he's trained. Someone with the ear of the President of the United States. And he's talking about Red Talon, a former Robin. Mick Mason. Who has now moved on to essentially be a hired gun for the president of the United States. Let's look at his backstory here. His backstory is that of Dick Grayson. It's it's literally Dick Grayson. Yeah. Trapeze family died and... Except instead of necessarily uh, them just being killed because Haley's Circus was in debt. Instead, they were... The people in charge of the circus were peddling drugs and his parents died in an accident. Yeah. Because of that. So, same story. Yeah, just ever so slightly different. Um... So the important thing here is Red Talon is played by the immaculate piece of man that is John Hennigan. Also known as John Morrison. Also known as Johnny Nitro. Yes. Also or Johnny known- Worldwide. Johnny Worldwide. Also known as Johnny Impact. That's all I got. Also known as Johnny Elite. He's a wrestler in case you didn't catch on from all the different pseudonyms. Stop. Now listen. This ain't no make-believe. Okay. Anyway, he is a legitimately enjoyable wrestler. I know who he is. I've enjoyed him throughout history. Also, he's 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 just... Also, he's a beautiful character in this, like, mm-hmm. scene. Because Nighthawk calls him, and he's in the middle of, like, in- infiltrating an enemy base of some sort. Yeah. Um, and he's... I say this because when we hear him talk later, it's different. He seems to be mocking these people he's killing in a faux southern accent yes because he drops it when he's talking to uh, or when he's talking to some people later but he's just like mocking them as he's murdering them yes because he's using a gun to murder these people yes and Nighthawk's like i thought i taught you better than to use guns they'll get you killed one day and red talon shoots a dude in the chest and then twice in the head and goes nah i think they're gonna keep me alive yeah and we also learn here that red talon is off dealing with scottish skull <laughs> the best part about this is like um, my, Nighthawk is like, I need your assistance. He's like, nah, dude, I don't work with you anymore. I'm doing my own thing. And he's like, but I need, I'm investigating the death of Marvelous Men. And Red Talon's like, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. Gotta go, bye. And he goes, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. I want you to see this. And he runs, shoots a dude in the head, jumps over a, a box, grabs the dude he just shot in the head, power bombs him. Yes. And then Scottish... I guess it's less of a power bomb and more of a, um, a sunset power, a sunset flip power bomb. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then Scottish Skull comes out. He's big, muscular, has army pants on, no shirt, shredded, and a skull mask. And it says, boss fight. Yes. And he goes to punch him, and then Red Talon just gets him in. A single arm takedown. In a single arm takedown, has his legs wrapped around his neck, pulls out a gun, and just shoots him. Yeah, right because in Skull says something about like how you're not going to be able to defeat me so easily. And then Talon's just like, headshot. Yeah. Yeah, he gets And him, then it says, flawless. He gets him in a, in a reverse arm bar, and he's just like, Skull's like, you're not going to be able to defeat me so easily. And starts like stri- like getting ready to like break out of the arm bar. And Talon just pulls a gun and shoots him in the head. Yep. And then shoots him in the head like two or three more times. Yeah. Because Red Talon is nothing if not gratuitous violence. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the Red Talon vignette. And then we have the Cortex. Activates and provides another suspect. The Cortex is a, is a Caltornian piece of supercomputing technology. If you know Superman's like con- comp- computer crystals, oh, whatever yeah. that fucking thing is. Okay. That he has like, it's this weird Kryptonian computer that has all the information of all Krypton. That's what the Cortex has, except it looks much more like um, Cer- Cerebro. Cerebro, yeah. yeah. That's what my brain went to. I was like, oh, this is just Xavier's Cerebro computer. Yeah, it's Cerebro, but with all the information of Krypton. Yeah. And so Nighthawk puts the helmet on and he's like, this would kill a normal man. And then it's like, Caltornian DNA not detected. Yeah. And he takes the helmet off and he's like, oh yeah, that could be a problem. And then just pulls out an eye and just like pushes it against a little scanner. And the computer then goes, I would still not suggest this. And he's like, do it anyways. It's Marvelous Man's eye because he has yeah. Marvelous Man's body. No, no, I get that. Yeah. But like, he just had the eye in his suit. <laughs> I love how he's like, this would kill a normal man. And then just like, it's like, mm-hmm. no, you can't do it. You're not a Caltorian. And he's like, oh yeah, forgot and, about that. And then in his initial, I guess, sync with it, we see basically all of the members of the Guardians of Justice in like some form of violent scene or like power up, like... We see Speed almost going Super Saiyan. We see Nighthawk, Sans Nighthawk outfit. It's a bunch of disjointed like, stuff. Yeah. yeah, like screaming in like agony or rage and there's red behind him. We see, uh, I think King Tsunami's like uh, punching something. We, we see all of them in like some form of action slash violence. Yeah, and there's a bunch of other stuff in, in this scene some, as like, well. Disconcerting like screams and stuff that are there. We can't really piece anything together. And then he resolves and sinks with the Cortex, and he's just a big floating bluish head. Diamond yeah. Dallas Page head. Yeah, big floating Diamond Dallas Page head. And then he's like, sink all data from Lockwood Industries. And so he sinks all the data he got from Lockwood, mm-hmm. and he, he asks Cortex to like narrow down suspects. And Cortex is like, well, given the time, the amount of time the robbery took, there are only two possible suspects alive. You could have gotten in and out of Lockwood Industries with the God Killer Bullet in less than 2.7 seconds. 0.27 seconds. 0.27 seconds. Sorry. Ooh, we've yeah. lost. Um, motion Blur, a, su- a super speed villain mm-hmm. who can move over 4,000 kilometers per second. Yeah. And the second suspect, the speed. Yeah. So Knight like squints his eyes and he's like, okay. And then he calls Speed and asks Speed to track down her nemesis, Blur, as the lead suspect. And then we zoom out on his screen and it has suspect number one, motion blur, suspect, suspect number, number two, two speed. the speed. And that's and the that- end of the episode. Yep. Oof. So what are your overall thoughts on the Guardians of Justice? I want more red talon. <laughs> right. Not only is he one of my favorite wrestlers of the entire like ruthless aggression era, mm-hmm. because he is. I love John Hennigan so much. Yeah, he's great. Um, but he's also a brilliant actor. Which I mean, I said that. I said he was a good wrestler. Yeah, he does. He does so much in these scenes. He's honestly combining Dick Grayson and Jason Todd's personalities so well. Agreed. That, like, it hits like. I didn't know I wanted John Hennigan to play Dick Grayson in a in, a, in an actual Batman movie until now. I'm like, oh yeah, he could play a Nighthawk. I I would yeah. be, <laughs> I'd be down with John Morrison being I mean, Nighthawk. Diamond Dallas Page plays Nighthawk, but John Higgin could play Nightwing. That's what I meant, Nightwing. Sorry, brain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the show's fun. It's good. I don't like how this episode is broken down. I think it works really, really well. Watching it straight through because the vignettes do make it feel a bit longer. Yeah. But I think taking notes. Anything that makes the show feel longer is a bad idea. Yeah, I will say I'm growing to like Mr. Smiles. We know nothing about him other than that he got pissed off when a cop tried to become the crime lord and that uh, he can somehow like manipulate energy to of some sort, yeah. rosin gun people uh, and that he's a mass murderer. Those are the only things we know about him and I'm like, he's a cool villain. I like him. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, I like the show. Red Talon's fun. The show is fun. I think it's only six episodes for season one. I do believe it's seven because basically every name I saw on the IMDb was in seven episodes. Yeah, that's fair. Because a lot of people played a lot of different roles. Like a lot of people just like voiced other characters, especially like little animated bits. Yeah. So it's like seven episodes. They're about a half hour each. Very easy to watch. Very easy to bend. Yeah. I'm hoping it gets a season two just because I want more red talent. Yeah. Look. So yes, superhero parody or satire is not a new thing. We're all aware of it. But... A lot no. of them have gone in like the direction of the boys and Invincibles, where it's like over the top. Well, what if they were like this, or what if they were evil, or what if they were corrupt? Anyways, though, unlike shows like that, where yeah, they have comedic moments because basically anything you're gonna make for serialization is gonna have a comedic moment, unless you're a soap opera. However, instead of like Invincible, the boys, and other shows like that, this show has comedy throughout the episode, and I would argue is actually a large part of the show. But it still keeps its dramatic feeling because it doesn't call it out because it is such a interwoven part of the show. Like as it's like I said earlier, it's a dramedy, it, not a term that I coined. It's a term that existed. No one ever really seems to use a drama comedy. They exist. They're generally actually really fun. But like in like the boys, for instance. It's a comedy is either because something is so gratuitously violent that it's just absurdist humor, like shock humor, or because, hey, we kind of looked and winked at the camera, not necessarily, but like actively called out this thing. Whereas this show is spending so much time basically calling out everything already that nothing is specifically called out, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Which I think just makes the show work better as a like really fun pulp style satire of superheroes well yeah because like all of red talon's scene is funny all the dialogue in that scene from red talon's side is quite funny and quite hilarious but it's paired with nighthawk being like no i really need you yeah i definitely think part of the humor has to come from somewhat knowing the source material obviously otherwise it's gonna get lost like which i could see being kind of a drag on the show like as far as like viewing and ratings go yeah like you have to have an understanding of dc comics for Mm. It's specifically DC Comics because as, as much as I make Marvel analogs, where that's where my brain goes. Yeah, I'll, if this is a DC parody, a DC satire. Yeah, like the cop, the detective isn't Detective Bullock; it's Detective Bullet. The commissioner's name in the credits is Commissioner Jordan. Ah, uh-huh. get it? Not Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, but anyways, I think after these two episodes, I would watch more of the show. Yeah, me too. I would watch more. Again, it's only like seven episodes. Totally worth binging. At, like, a little over 20 minutes an episode. Yeah. About, about, they run up to, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. At the high end, and even most of them aren't there. Yeah. Uh, fun show. Uh, a little... Some of the violence is a little gratuitous, but it's fun. I wouldn't say yeah. it's gory, really. No, like, the goriest moment of the show is Raven Croft getting his head exploded, but that's also done in claymation. Yeah. Or it's Marvelous Man blasting his brains out in the blood wall. But we don't see the actual him shooting himself. The screen glitches. Then we see green behind a head later. Which is why I said the blood wall. I guess actually the most active gory scene is the Mr. Smiles murder alley. And even the most time we don't super focus in on anyone. We do have one particular instance. And that is when they are looking at someone's exposed spine. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goriest. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's got some drama, got some action, got some comedy. And it's a fun show. Yeah, I would, like I said, definitely watch more. Anyways, though, if you want to prevent us from t- from taking the crown of crime and you want to be Mr. Smiles yourself, you can start the process of finding us and contacting us by reaching out to us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Or you can tweet us at copilotsreview on Twitter. Or you can find both the links to the Twitter and our email at our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Yep. Honestly, though, you know what's weird? That our website also has links to our Discord, Patreon, YouTube, Twitter, and email. Yeah, that. And our hidden email. Hmm. You make a fair our point. Our superhero identity email. Absolutely. But no, um, my brain can't can't get this out of my head because just because the word of abide and I've watched the movie too much. When it said uh, that Mr. Smiles couldn't abide this, my, my, my brain went, the dude cannot abide. And uh, this is an entirely different show then. <laughs> Mr. Smiles is the dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs>